Welcome to Aging Unmasked, Leading Age's podcast about taboos and aging. I'm your host, Charlie Viscanage. On this episode, we're focused on technology, not just the promises it holds for making aging more pleasant, but also the misconceptions around older people and technology. Before we go on to today's interviews, I wanted to share a small tweak for Aging Unmasked going forward. More of my voice in interviews, uh, so look forward to hearing more of that throughout. Our first guest today on today's episode is Majd Alwan, Senior Vice President of Technology and Executive Director of the Leading Age Center for Aging Services Technologies, also known as CAST. Maj sat down with me to talk about technology trends and breaking down stereotypes about older people and technology. All right, Mashallah, thank you for being with us on Aging Unmasked. Um, you have many titles here at Leading Age, but could you give me your full um, kind of title and what you do here? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, my title is Senior Vice President of Technology, and I'm also the Executive Director of the Leading Age Center for Aging Services Technologies, known as CAST, for short. Excellent. And so, Earlier this year, Leading Age commissioned a study about baby boomers, and there are a lot of different findings from that. Can you share some of the technology-related ones with us? The survey results have shown that um, uh, technology adoption is strong, uh, demonstrated by adoption of high-speed internet by the uh, survey respondents. And by the way, the the survey respondents are in the 84%. Uh, across all age and across all uh, sort of uh, income segments. Uh, The striking thing is that even among the lowest income bracket, uh, the technology adoption of high-speed internet is in the the, uh, uh, 60s. So so almost two-thirds of those older adults have an, a, a high-speed internet connection. So the implications of that, uh, of course, is for uh, senior living providers, uh, retirement communities, even even uh, 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 affordable housing providers. Is that internet high-speed internet is today is a, is a utility expected just like electricity. Uh, water and uh, gas services essentially and is no longer considered a, a luxury or a nice to have. So I want to touch on something you said there that's a couple of very interesting things but going to the housing providers so do you think that they are are they prepared? Some of them are really forward-thinking and are incorporating those those kinds of amenity services especially on the life plan communities or formerly known as continuing care retirement communities. Uh, the, uh, I worry about the uh, more uh, modest income uh, housing facilities, housing uh, communities, I should say, and also places like assisted living and, and uh, skilled nursing facilities, especially those that cater for the Medicaid population, the lower income population. Yeah, so that's something to look out for in the future. So. Kind of touching on this generally, this is really getting to, you know, I think the average person out here on the street who is not an older adult might be mistaken that, you know, uh, older adults are not tech savvy, that they're not 
interested in this stuff. So obviously we're blowing that completely out of the water. That's totally wrong. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And again, if you look at some of the sort of supporting evidence from other studies out there, uh, for example, Pew's, uh, Pew Research's latest uh, report shows a significant increase in the adoption of smartphones and and tablets uh, by older adults. Again, that 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 sort of age segment is the fastest growing segment of the population getting online and on the internet uh, again using smartphones and 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 tablets the other thing that is interesting is uh, and that's general uh, for the general population is the increasing demand on bandwidth right when when we first uh, if you ask the listeners probably experienced this themselves probably the vast majority of people have upgraded the speed of their internet service whether it's in the home or in their business in the past couple of years primarily due to um, uh, the increasing demand on bandwidth uh, and there is a research sort of uh, Uh, experimental research that have shown that uh, high-end users of the internet, their demand on bandwidth is growing by 50% year over year. So that means that this is an exponential growth. So if a provider community currently is uh, upgrading its or updating the uh, community, upgrading their internet uh, speed and the infrastructure to support their their network and their operations and they need let's say uh, one gigabit per second speeds today and they're planning to have the uh, the infrastructure updated to to uh, to live and expected to live for the next 10 years and they're seeing 60 percent growth year over year guess how much bandwidth they need in, in 10 years it's not 10 gigabits per second, it's over 100 gigabits per second, right? Many of our members are starting to see this. Uh, 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 10 years ago, older adults used to move into uh, retirement communities with a single desktop computer or a single laptop. This day and age, they're moving in with uh, at least four or five internet-connected devices from their smartphone to their tablet to their uh, uh, even ring doorbell right, with cameras. Like Alexa or uh, anything like that. Absolutely, and those are are finding are being sort of uh, finding uh, because they make the use of computers so intuitive. So even the older older adult segment who are not comfortable using a regular computer or even a touchscreen computer uh, like a tablet. Uh, they're uh, sort of adopting quickly those voice-controlled devices. Some of the other also what's known as Internet of Things kind of devices like your internet-connected uh, thermostat, your door lock, door, door uh, ring, uh, doorbell, and so on and so forth. And that is, in my opinion, going to increase that demand on bandwidth that we talked about. Yeah because of the sort of pervasiveness of the internet of, of think type devices. Absolutely. Well, what, interestingly enough, we just uh, upgraded our internet at home so that I can game and my wife can stream things at the same time. Are we seeing anything in the data or anecdotally about older adults online gaming? At the end of June, I was presenting to a board of one of our members in North Carolina. 
And they were actually, they brought up that they have one of their residents in their 70s is a professional online gamer who, awesome. <laughs> who was demanding for his, to his unit, a one gigabit per second link. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. And, and again, the other, the other thing that might also be interesting is that people who, who decide to move into a retirement communities while not being fully retired, right? Those yep. that work from home. Uh, and require that, uh, and require a higher demand for 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 bandwidth to run their part-time business, whether it uh, sort of being connected to the stock market and 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 doing trading, online trading, or those like like the uh, the resident you mentioned who are online gamers and want to uh, to continue playing vir- virtual games with uh, and doing especially virtual reality related yeah. things like Second Life, exactly. What kind of misconceptions would you want to kind of, if you could wave a wand and get the general public to have a better understanding of older adults and technology, you know, what would you say to any of those people listening right now? Technology is here to stay. It, it has uh, revolutionized every aspect of our lives. Uh, and aging services is not immune. We're seeing that happening. I would also say that it has that uh, sort of, uh, it, it is creeping on us and creeping more quickly on the older adult population. And I think the, uh, some of the innovations that we've seen in the past few years from graphical user interfaces to touch screens to now a voice control and, and advances in, in artificial intelligence and capabilities, for example, the, the accuracy of uh, voice detection and, and natural language understanding is going to increase significantly increase the adoption of the of technology by by older adults even by uh, sort of populations that we thought they would never ever uh, sort of embrace and adopt these technologies uh, again for for those who are uh, providers i would i would caution them and i would uh, encourage them to uh, sort of if they're investing in a new community or upgrading or updating a, uh, an existing communi- community, uh, refurbishing it, just to make sure that they take that opportunity and update their IT infrastructure to support their residents, not only today, but take into account all the future uh, growth in demand and all the different applications that are definitely going to be uh, creeping in, whether brought by themselves, by their staff, or by the residents themselves and their, and their families. To learn more about the Center for Aging Services Technologies, visit leadingage.org slash center aging services technologies. Our other guest today is Joe Velderman, CEO of Provenet. Provenet handles managed IT solutions, among other offerings, for older adult communities. Joe spoke with me over the phone about changing trends in what the next generation of older adult living clients are looking for in their internet service. Since I'm still working on my side of these conversations, you will hear a little bit of audio interference and clicking throughout. I apologize for this. We are working on it. Joe Velderman, thank you for being on Aging Unmasked. Um, before we begin, can you tell us who you are and what you do? 
Yeah, Charlie. Uh, we're happy to be on the uh, podcast with you today. My name is Joe Velderman, and I serve as the Director of Consulting Services at uh, Provenet Solutions. And um, Provenet is a, a little bit of a unique organization. We're essentially a managed IT services organization, and we have a, a small consulting division as well that um, pretty exclusively works with senior living and post-acute health care providers. And um, we're one of uh, a small number of organizations like that across the country. And ironically, um, we all kind of have similar backstories. Our, our organizations were uh, developed and formed out of or born out of uh, senior living providers that um, have wrestled with and, and wanted to be innovative with technology for a period of time. So we have the fortunate provenance of serving um, about 650 or so uh, senior living communities across 44 states today. And, uh, you know, as, as a result of that, in my role, I get to work with a lot of them from a very strategic perspective and have these types of discussions around um, technology and ultimately the residents and the customers that those providers serve on a pretty regular basis. So I'm excited to dive in today. Yeah, absolutely. And so can you tell me a little bit about, um, so I think we kind of touched on, you know, the, your Provenet's business within uh, aging services. So what kind of trends and demands are you seeing, um, especially with all the changing demographics in senior living, especially now that baby boomers are beginning to retire? Yeah, so um, there's definitely, uh, you know, I think two types of providers that are out there. There's the uh, providers that are kind of maintaining the status quo and doing everything they can to do a good job of keeping the lights on within technology. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, right? The, the technology advancements inside of senior living have advanced quite a bit. And so, uh, you know, doing things to modernize network infrastructure and systems infrastructure and move to the cloud, um, those are all yeoman activities that, to be working on. Uh, but then there's another group of senior living providers that have kind of said, you know, um, technology is is something that's a part of everyone's lives today. We have to be good at it. And we're not just going to be good at the, the basics, the fundamentals of technology. We're going to really start to think about ways that technology can impact and support uh, aging inside of our communities. And those are the providers, I think, that are being um, more innovative today. And so we're starting to uh, at least hear from a lot of our customers and, and a lot of providers that there's a desire to be innovative and not just um, think about technology as being, you know, servers and workstations and, and switches and Wi-Fi anymore. It's how can we how can we have those elements of technology serve as a foundation for our organization, but how can we start to explore, um, you know, Internet of Things devices or or new software applications that support uh, or different different types of aging activities, um, or or you know smart home technologies or uh, autonomous driving vehicles, and, and so that's really been fun for us at Provenant to start to think outside of the box a little bit, and um, you know that's where some of our strategic consulting services start to play a role with providers and helping them think from a, a very innovative perspective. We actually just started um, a brand new service at Provenant that we're calling a virtual chief digital innovation officer. And, and for a lot of our customers at Provenet who um, you know, have a desire to be innovative, but maybe don't have the bandwidth internally to you know, bring somebody on that's dedicated to that role, um, they, can, they can work with us uh, and, and get uh, some of the expertise and some of the things that we're privy to uh, through that type of a, a role. So it's really exciting for us. That's very cool. Um, so I think all of those technology solutions, I mean, they all require uh, – eventually quite a great amount of bandwidth. 
Um, so can you talk a little bit about the trends that you're seeing by way of bandwidth usage now? And then what are those demands going to look like, you know, in the near future, even uh, five, 10 years from now? Yeah, well, you know, bandwidth is a great question. I think about bandwidth a lot of different ways. I, I think for the context of the question you're talking about, true internet connectivity bandwidth, right? Um, yes. And so, yeah, so, so you know, bandwidth needs are going up considerably. I, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But um, why is that happening? What are what are people uh, utilizing uh, bandwidth for? And that's that's what's interesting. And so, um, a lot of our customers at Provenet are on uh, what we call a next generation firewall, which kind of serves as the gateway between you know the internet and and the internal network. And with that next generation firewall, we're able to kind of run some metrics and some statistics to see what's driving bandwidth utilization, and you know what time of the day is bandwidth utilization being used. How many people are online? What are they? What are they online for? And um, it's incredible to me to get some insights into that. I'll give you a couple examples. So, um, we work with a provider down in Florida, and um, you know they have one of these next generation firewalls, and uh, you can run some metrics on a daily or weekly basis to see kind of when the bandwidth is peaking at, and, and what type of services online are consuming most of the bandwidth. And I'll say this community has a one gigabit internet connection just for their residents. So they're already supplying, you know, a really large amount of data uh, or, or connectivity uh, by way of bandwidth to uh, the resident population that they serve. But we're seeing that from like the hours of 6 p.m. until about 8 or maybe even 8.30 p.m., right right after that dinner hour, right, um, there's a bandwidth spike that, that is consuming almost 80% of the bandwidth that they have available at that time. And, and you start to peel back the layers of the onion and dig into that a little bit more, and you're seeing, well, what's consuming 80% of, of a gigabit, right? What, what's consuming 800 megs of data uh, per second? And you start looking at it, and, and ironically, it's almost, it's, it, for them, it's 82% Netflix traffic. Wow. And so it's pretty clear that the residents are wrapping up with dinner. You know, they're going back to their apartments or, or going to a, each other's apartments, and they're streaming uh, entertainment. Uh, devices or, or entertainment, uh, whether it be to their, their you know, their, their mobile phone or their tablet or their smart TV or a device like a Roku device or an Apple TV or something like that. I don't, I don't think too many residents have uh, PlayStations or Xboxes, but um, you know, that's the type of thing that they're that they're that they're utilizing. And uh, you start to you know dig into some of these metrics, and it's just incredible. Um, another another interesting story that we found is that. Um, you know, a lot of residents uh, have mobile phones now and, and tablet devices. And for whatever reason, and right or wrong, um, a lot of older adults seem to prefer the Apple brand of devices, so iOS-enabled devices. And on the day after Apple releases a software update, um, which can oftentimes be a really large file that needs to get down and downloaded to each device, we see bandwidth utilization go through the roof, you know, almost 100% in some cases, for all of these iOS devices that are trying to fetch the update from uh, the Apple servers. And so, um, you know, there's some creative solutions to kind of curb some of that too, where you can cache some of those updates locally on the, on the local area network without having to consume bandwidth. But uh, it's just incredible to see how, how residents are starting to utilize bandwidth uh, when it's supplied to them. And, and I think about it in many ways, kind of like higher education. You, I don't think you can ever give students in college enough bandwidth to do everything that they want to do, right? If you give them, if you double the amount of bandwidth that you have today, they're going to find a way to use that, whether it's through streaming services or online gaming or, or what have you. 
And I think that's going to be true of, of the future residents that we're seeing in a lot of senior living communities, too. Like, we're, we're going to have to figure out what's an appropriate amount of bandwidth and, and try to govern that through, you know, creative technologies, whether it's bandwidth throttling or uh, software-defined, you know, wide area network or whatever, um, and, and figure out how to, you know, fit the, the right amount of bandwidth into the residents because there's probably an unlimited amount of bandwidth that we could give them and they would find a way to consume yeah, yeah, that's really fascinating. I mean, hey, you know, those residents don't sound too different from me. Like, I love Netflix after dinner, and I'm always very uh, up on my updates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think, so given all this, I mean, you know, you know the trends here, and obviously older adults are, are streaming and uh, up on the latest Apple devices, but what kind of misconceptions do you still hear in your line of work? Because, you know, I think this is again for a pretty general audience who might not, might think of just as a, one of their grandparents as their example, um, who, you know, they might perceive as not super tech savvy. So what kind of stuff are you still hearing that doesn't really track with what you know to be true? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and, you know, unfortunately I think we run into this more often than not where there's just this, this misconception that um, providers and, and decision makers, uh, oftentimes senior leadership within an organization, they just don't feel like residents are uh, motivated or or have a, a strong desire to utilize technology. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's if it's our misconception or if it's just our lack of understanding the the demographic of the residents that we're starting to serve and and will continue to serve, but. I, I think about my parents, right? My dad is 67 years old uh, uh, last year, and my mom turned 63 years old. And um, you know, when I look at their home today, they still live at home. They're not they're not in a senior living community yet, although um, maybe in the next 10 years they will be. Um, and, and and when I look at their home today, you know, they have a they have a ring front doorbell on the front of their house. They have a a Nest thermostat. They have a a Nest smoke detector in their house. You know, they have technologies that are a part of the everyday fabric of their lives. And I think they're going to be disappointed to find out one day that they may want to move into a senior living communities that either a can't support that or, or doesn't have the ability to support that or won't support that for them. And so I really, I think that we need to start thinking about 65 year olds and, and maybe 70 year olds as, you know, the next wave of older adults that are going to be moving into the senior living communities what do they have today inside of their homes and how can we make that transition into a senior living community much more fluid for them? Um, and so I, I, I still think that there's a misconception among providers that, you know, we have to, we have to dedicate our two and a half percent operating budget to technology to keep the lights on, but, but that's it. And, you know, residents aren't going to use technology even if we give it to them. And I think that that misconception needs to change. I think if we sit down and critically think about technology we can start to think about ways to not only um, satisfy the desires of future residents, but also utilize those technologies in ways that will help people age um, more effectively in place and, and, and maybe even extend you know, the opportunity for them to live longer. You can learn more about Provenet at Provenet.com. And that's all the time we have for Aging Unmasked. Thanks to Maj Dawan and Joe Velderman for their time. I wanted to put a special call out to older adult gamers. We want to hear your stories. Contact us at podcast at leadingage.org if you're interested in speaking with us. See you next time on Aging Unmasked.